All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 71, and I am recording this about an hour or so after the Browns loss. I uh, I had to give myself a moment to just take in what I had to witness there at the end of the game before I jumped into recording because, man, I I don't ever think I could get hurt more by a loss. Like I always assume that I've experienced the worst pain and a loss ever at some point in my life already. And, and it seems to get worse every single time. And this one hit me harder than I expected because to be honest, I went into the game with all of the COVID issues, assuming we were going to lose. I think a lot of Browns fans were very hopeful and it was great to see that, but I just, I did not have a lot of hope going into the game that we were going to be able to get it done. We had 18 guys still on the COVID list missing our head coach. It it was going to be a tough thing to pull off, but um, the Browns were able to make it a game and to make it a game so much that it came down to the very end and they brought me right back in and my emotions were pulled in again when I thought maybe I would be able to leave my emotions out today just because I didn't think it would be a game. Uh, But nonetheless, I got heartbroken again and just... It's not what we wanted to see today. It it does feel like this is probably the end of our playoff hopes. I know that there are scenarios out there where it could still happen, but um, I don't have high hopes against Green Bay next week on Christmas Day, and we really, really needed to get this one. So it was hard to see. Um, quickly, before I get into more specifics from the game, I did want to say... Um, One, this weekend I went to MGK uh, at Rack and Mortgage in Cleveland, and it is just always so cool to see someone from Cleveland uh, come back and perform here and just be so excited to be back in Cleveland. It it makes me a little emotional when I see artists or athletes or whoever um, come back and just care so much about it. And he was just really proud to have sold out the arena because he talked about growing up here and uh, seeing Jay-Z perform there and other artists and just how special it was. So super awesome concert. Um, Good to good to see that. Um, Secondly, I hope everyone is staying just safe and healthy right now. COVID is just all over the place. It is hitting every family, every household right now. So just uh, stay safe out there because it is crazy times and uh, it has also completely decimated the sports world at the moment. So um, obviously both the Browns and the Cavs have been dealing with insane COVID issues. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, the Browns had, I believe it ended up being 18 guys out um, and then our head coach as well. So it's really, really hard to put together a cohesive game plan and a, a just a way to win a professional football game when you're missing so so many important people on your team um, but um, we almost got it done so a couple of general thoughts Nick Mullins actually played pretty well all things considered that's a lot to go in there as a third stringer and um, he looked pretty confident he made some great throws there were some pretty horrific drop drops once again this week that um you know has been a topic of conversation this season our receivers in general have struggled a lot with just catching the ball um and clearly now at this point we've seen it happen with Baker at quarterback and then now today with 
Nick Mullins at quarterback. So uh, don't know if that's totally a quarterback issue. I think those drops um, very much fall on the receivers not being able to hold on to the ball, specifically DPJ. He's had he had some today, um, and he's had a couple throughout the season that uh, really change a game. And man, they just got to hold on to the ball. It it crushes drives. It it ruins a lot of things because um, it's not just the down you lose. It's the momentum, uh, thinking that you had that big play. And it's it's been tough. So um, I think it's pretty clear at this point that that does not only fall on Baker Mayfield for the pattern we've seen this season. This is a larger issue we have with the wide receiver position right now, and I think there's going to be a lot of questions in the offseason on where we go with this position. Uh, I'm hoping we draft a receiver in the first round. That is my personal preference. Would love a Buckeye, as I've mentioned many times before, but uh, we definitely uh, need some better options out there because uh, it it doesn't allow us to do a lot in our offense when we can't trust our receivers. That is so huge to be able to have receivers that you trust and and we don't always have that um other thoughts from the game obviously really tough to see tack go down like that uh i mean we could not afford injuries today obviously with how uh brutal our losses to covid were already but to see him go down like that was tough i just saw right before i started recording that it's potentially something with his achilles which is not a good sign at all so very sad to see him go down. Miles was a little banged up too during the game. It looked like potentially a groin issue, but um, after the game, he said everyone plays through something. Yes, he it's a new injury he suffered during the game, but he, he'll be fine and he, he powers through. Um, so hopefully he's going to be okay, but we really could not afford to have anyone get injured today. That was the last thing we needed to happen. So anytime any guy went down, I think everyone was holding their breath in those moments. Um, Something that I think continues to cripple us as a team are uh, also missed kicks. Chase has missed six of his last 11 field goal attempts, uh, which is horrendous and has cost us a lot. And it did specifically in this game, the one that he missed earlier on in the game, that's the difference in these games, and it was uh, upsetting to say the least, but when you see that final score, it hurts just a little bit more. Um, just twist that knife right in. Uh, so I think there's also going to be some conversations, maybe even starting tomorrow, on what we do at the uh, kicker position because uh, that is completely unacceptable. You cannot keep missing field goals like that. Um, so I think that will be another thing that our coaches and staff will continue to have some some new conversations about, which is really sad because he started off the season so strong. I actually had a lot of confidence in him. I believe he made like for the first couple games, he hadn't missed one and it was really impressive to see. And so very frustrating now that it has affected the outcome of games at this point. Um, good news from the game that I thought really stood out to me was Greedy. So Greedy, I thought even before he had his interception, looked really good throughout the game. There were a couple moments of just really good coverage by him where those plays had the potential to be really big gains and he he stayed with his guy, got his hands in there um, and had some really good coverage. And then obviously that interception was huge um, and an 
awesome play that really is what kept us in in that game um, towards the end, gave us some hope, uh, which was later crushed. But uh, at that moment, it felt like that was a game-changing play. So a uh, big shout-out to him for the way he played. He's been on and off, I feel like, throughout the season on how I feel about how he's played um, because we've had such strong corners that are not him. Greg Newsom has played so well as a rookie, so I think that's really stood out a lot. Uh, but, you know, Greedy had a really, really great game, so I want to give him props uh, when props are are due. Um, one other bad thing, because there weren't many <laughs> good things to talk about in the game, was the play calling. So I think this has been other than the COVID issues, maybe the biggest topic of conversation coming out of this game um, because there have been multiple games now where it feels like maybe some of the play calling uh, was responsible for part of the reason we lost. And I hate to totally blame things on the coaching staff because a lot of times I think there are execution issues that maybe we don't see as fans or things that we missed or um, reasons for decisions that they make that we don't all um, have knowledge for. For example, there were a few times um, throughout the season when people were confused on some of Kevin Stefanski's play calls, and we as fans didn't know about um, like a Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt injury as a reason for not having him in the game at a certain point. So we can all sit there and yell at our screens in those moments, not realizing that that specific player that we all thought should be in had a reason to not be in. Uh, so i I know there's always context to these things that maybe we don't know about, but it's hard when there are so many games at this point that do feel like um, the way we have called plays has uh, not helped us win. So there were two things in this game. One, our last drive with about two or three minutes left in the game, I think it was about three, it just felt like we were scared to do anything in that moment. We needed to get one first down, and we were not able to make that happen, which was extremely frustrating. Um, and then once we did have to give the ball back to the Raiders, it felt like the same thing we do um, with our defense at the end of a lot of games where we play scared and we're not, we're giving up you know, 15-yard gains here and there. Uh, but once you add up multiple 15-yard gains, you are putting the other team in position, and in this game specifically, to kick a field goal, which is all they needed to win. Uh, we we don't play to win games a lot of times, and it, it feels frustrating when it gets down to the end and it feels like we're just playing scared and we're not trying to just shut them down and close it out and put the game away ourselves. Um, we're just trying to hold on for dear life. And that's pretty hard to watch. It's painful. Um, and I don't know how we fix it because it feels like it's a, a larger issue. I can point to many games where it feels like that's what has happened. Um, specifically with our defense, there were a lot of times last year that this same pattern happened and it's happened again sometimes this year. But now we have so many more talented players on our defense that it almost hurts more because it feels like they don't even trust those guys to get the job done and do what they need to do when throughout the rest of the game, they a lot of times make these great big plays and um, they just don't trust them. And I 
again, I know we have so many COVID issues and there is a larger issue in this game that we have not dealt with in other games this season. So I'm sure is it's extremely hard from a coaching perspective to figure out what to do today. Like just to get enough people on the field to put it all together and put out a a product that looks like an NFL football game. I'm sure that's really hard to do. Um, They even had guys switching positions today. Joel Bintonio didn't even play his normal position that he's employed his entire NFL career today. Like we were doing crazy things to try to figure out how to have the best possible team out there on the field that we could to get us a win. So I understand it's hard and it probably sounds crazy to criticize um, a team that had that many people out for COVID, but you just got to find ways to win sometimes. And it felt like that was a game that we were supposed to win, that we needed to find a way to win and we weren't able to do it. I was reading some quotes from um, Nick Mullins press conference after the game and He was talking about just how crazy loud the stadium was, which I could even tell on my TV how loud that crowd was in that game. And he just felt like this was the night that Cleveland was supposed to win and um, we just weren't able to make it happen. And it's tough. And like I said, it feels like the season's over. I'm not sure if that's truly the case. I know there are scenarios where it could still happen, but... Um, We really, really needed this one today and weren't able to get it done. Um, But this kind of brings me into the larger story with the NFL right now with COVID um, and the ever-changing protocols that they have. So I'm still trying to totally figure out how these new changes work because I thought I had them figured out yesterday and um, or whenever they had announced them. But um, more recently today, I think there's some things that a lot of people were misunderstanding when they first put these these new protocols out. So there is no longer regular testing for players who don't have symptoms. So if you're not showing any symptoms, you're not going to be asked to um, regularly get tested, which I think before was maybe like once a week or something. Um not doing that anymore, but instead they are doing what they called targeted testing, um, which is the part I think most people, including myself, were unaware of when they first released the new protocols. I thought they just weren't going to be testing vaccinated players anymore who didn't have symptoms at all. Like I thought that part was completely done, which it turns out it is not. Um, It seems like now what they're doing is just random testing. So on any given day, um, a certain player could be asked to take a test, which feels contrary to what, again, everyone thought the the goal of this was. And I'm not quite sure what to make of this because I think as we're getting towards the end of the season, a lot of teams are concerned about the number of important players that they're going to be losing in crucial games that are deciding playoffs. Then once we get into the playoffs, uh, losing players that you know are really important to your chances of winning your playoff game so I think a lot of teams are going to be really nervous about what this random testing is going to look like um, at that point and um, I mean when you think about it the scenario that came to my mind uh, because I know it's supposed to be completely random but what if you get to like the AFC championship game and the quarterback on one team gets tested and it's like a third string nobody on the other team that gets tested. 
even if they both test positive in that scenario, that is much more unfair to the team who had to get their quarterback tested rather than um, the team that had to get a nobody tested. So the randomness of it, um, I I know I'm sure it will honestly be completely random, but that doesn't mean um, it's a fair uh, test between two different teams because of the importance of different players on each team. I mean, truly, if your quarterback gets tested and the other quarterback doesn't, that does feel almost like an unfair advantage to the team whose quarterback didn't have to get tested. So I'm not sure how this is going to look, especially going into the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to change the protocol at that point, what it's going to look like. But I I know they're trying to make changes because of this new variant just running rampant, knocking all these teams out. Um, But who knows if this new targeted plan is actually going to work how they how they hope it will. Um, It'll like I said, it'll be interesting to see in in the weeks to come, because I mean, I know specifically in the AFC, every single game at this point for the majority of teams in the AFC means a lot. There's a lot on the line for playoff implications or even teams that are looking to get a buy or get, you know, any type of advantage at this point. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I will be interesting. It'll be interesting to follow along and then interested to see how this takes place in the NBA and other leagues and just more so in the world in general. I think the world uses the NFL as a blueprint for a lot of things. They take their cues from these massive sports leagues in a lot of ways on just what larger society will look like. Um, The NFL is one of the most powerful organizations in the world. They employ thousands of people. They make so much money. They have a lot of power and they set an example for how to do things in a lot of ways. So I could see as this continues to evolve, um, a lot of companies and just the world in general taking cue from what the NFL decides to do with their COVID protocols and just how they view COVID in general. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as we go along. But man, it was an it was an interesting and very stressful week. I think after I recorded last week's episode, there weren't really any COVID issues at that point, and then it just came like wildfire uh, every day. There were another six or seven guys testing positive, and it was brutal, and I didn't know how we were going to be able to play the game. I'm, I am thankful they moved it. I think that was the right move for the NFL to at least try to do something about it um, rather than just let it happen. We got you know, a couple guys back. We got Teller back at pretty much the last minute. Well, the day before, I believe, which was a huge one. We got John Johnson back the day of. Um, so there were, you know, important guys that we were able to get back. Not as many as we would have liked, but um, it was a it was a stressful couple of days not understanding exactly how we were supposed to field uh, an NFL team. And I think just giving us the time to figure that out was really important. And we weren't the only ones um, who had our game moved. I know Raiders fans liked uh, to pretend and play a little bit of a victim role in this, that they got screwed over um, and that, you know, the Browns made some awful mistake that they shouldn't have to move the game, uh, even though I'm pretty sure that this variant is just out of control 
all the players who tested positive were vaccinated, and it's really no one's fault at this point um, what happened. It could have happened to any team in the league. So Raiders fans wanting to act like that was just, you know, the league helping the Cleveland Browns out, which is something that happens never, uh, was a little bit ridiculous. They moved for the Rams, who had a big outbreak too, and the the Washington football team, who had a big outbreak. So this was not just a um, let's help Cleveland thing, which doesn't exist and has never happened ever. Um, So didn't love hearing them pretend like that was happening. Um, But nonetheless, they got the win at the end of the day. So looks like they're laughing at us. All right. Well, that is all I have for you guys today. Um, If you could please leave me a reviewer rating on Apple Podcasts, follow, subscribe, share with your family while you are spending time with them during the holidays. That would be great. And I just also just hope you all have um, a great time during the holiday season with your families. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy watching some football. I'm looking forward to even though I think we're going to lose to Green Bay, I'm pretty confident Green Bay is going to destroy us. I'm looking forward to just sitting there and watching my team play NFL football on Christmas, regardless of the outcome, because that's what we love to do. All right. Like I said, all I have for you guys today, and um, I hope you have a good one as always, even after a loss. Go Browns.